Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Uh, uh, joining me like normal is uh, Juliana. Say hello Juliana. Hello everyone. I finished a third book in a series. Ooh. And it's difficult to talk about the third book in a series because you kind of cover the ground that was, you know, you've got to do the stuff that was previously covered. Yes. And uh, also, this third book in the series, I was really looking forward to it because the first two books in the series I gave 4.5 stars to. That's this is, high rating. Yeah, this is Derek Kunskun. Kunskun. He's a Canadian author. Yeah. Both um, of the previous podcasts, we looked up where he was from, even though we mentioned in the first podcast that he was Canadian. Yeah. And then we're like, where's he from? And then I was like, mm, Canada in the second one. I remember this time. And the reason why I know what we talked about in the previous two uh, about the previous two books and i've already got the uh, the ratings in my head yeah is that i went back today after listening to the audiobook i finished the audiobook when i was uh, doing that trip today and did okay. some shopping yeah finished the audiobook and i was like i have a quite low reaction to this book like a kind of like a a nothing reaction to this book mm. but i remember having really strong reactions to the first two books but I couldn't remember exactly what I had strong reactions to in these first two books. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a, is this like a trilogy or is this a series and this is the third book in the series? The first book could definitely work as a standalone book. Mm -hmm. The second book is definitely a follow-on to the first book, but also stands alone as a, as a finished story. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a few things that it's setting up like, ooh, this thing in the future might happen. But really, it's it's a standalone book. Okay. This book only, it has to rely so much on what's previously gone. And then at the end, it doesn't feel like the end of the story. Okay. There is a battle at the end. Yeah. And, there, and the battle ends. And okay. some people survive the battle and other people don't survive the battle. And maybe they were successful and maybe they weren't successful, whatever. But it doesn't, it doesn't seem to wrap up a story. It's not a cliffhanger. It just feels like, oh, all right, tell me what happened to all of these people, please. And some they're like, oh, we don't know what happened to that person. <laughs> and I was like, no, like, wrap it up. Mm -hmm. So the story, the, the, the full uh, secrets that we're talking about is called the Quantum Evolution Series. Okay. Quantum Evolution. Uh, the first one was The Quantum Magician, which I thought was The Quantum Thief. It wasn't The Quantum Thief. <laughs> it could be called The Quantum Thief because there's a quantum guy who's also a thief. Yeah. But another author but got The Quantum Thief title. Yes. The next one is called The Quantum Garden, which you get like halfway through the book. You're like, why is this called The Quantum Garden? There's no gardens. And then halfway through the book, you're like, oh, Quantum Garden. And it's kind of this mind-blowing thing uh -huh. that comes up. And this one's called The Quantum War. Um, okay. Because it, it's like the fallout from these first two books. It's bad news for the people involved. A war, There's a generally, war, generally, is a bad thing. Yeah, uh, it can be, but I'm going to turn you down a bit. Oh, you said you, Julian is feeling like really under the weather. She's taking some days of work. She was like, this is definitely, the, we're doing the soundtrack. This is definitely the loudest I'm going <laughs> to be because of energy levels. And I was like, all right, I trust you. Already, when I'm talking about war, I'm getting passionate. Yeah, already blowing up my I'll turn yeah. you down. All right. So here's the thing. I went back and listened to the previous episodes of this. I'm not even going to say what happened in those previous in the in the previous books because uh, you know just about the fallout and how it sets up to here. So I made some notes. Um, the world is yeah, there's these different um, like different uh, humanity is spread through the stars through some existing found precursor race technology um, wormhole network. Okay. And the first one that they found was down in Venus. 
which wasn't revealed in the first two books, but in this book, it's sort of like, oh yeah, Venus is suddenly, they find a gateway from our solar system out to the rest of the galaxy. Okay. And each one of those, there's, there's more gates. There's like these hubs with a gate on this side and the gate on the other side. Mm -hmm. And so you pop out one gate and you're like, where's the other gate? Oh, here. And it's like this network that you can keep traveling mm. throughout. And there's only one here. So actually in this book, they say, this is an Earth's solar system. This is now Venus's solar system. Because uh -huh. Venus is the nexus point from, you know, earth and humanity to get out of the solar system you're not going to go you're not going to go not via venus because oh, venus so like is, the, is the is the hub okay. out, or it's not the hub it's the way into the subway network okay and there's different uh, different uh nationalities of have, have, have got, gone to different parts and in the previous episodes i was talking about it's it's called the um uh, conglomerate oh no it's not it's there's the culture the confederation the conglomerate is actually the congregate Oh. The Venusian congregate who mostly speak um, uh, French is there. And then there's also the Sub-Saharan Union, the Anglo-Spanish plutocracy. There's the Uma, I don't know where they're from, and the Middle, Middle Kingdom, which I'm guessing is China, because that's what China means. The word China, it just means Middle Kingdom. Mm. Um, so I guess <laughs> okay. that's the Chinese one. And uh, yeah, so what happened in the first book was, again, I don't need to say too much, but they, there was this fleet of ships. They wanted to get across what's known as the puppet space. And the mm -hmm. puppets are this race of like size beings which were genetically engineered to be the servants of godlike beings uh, um, unfortunately they rose up and overthrew the gods and then hold their gods they're not godlike beings they're just humans but uh, they rise up overthrow the humans who are keeping control of them and then keep them in cages because all they want from the human their, their god level humans is their pheromones they're like mm, i smell you and oh. i'm getting ecstasy and <gasps> rapture huh? uh, anyway okay. the puppet the pup the free puppet city yeah. the, the puppets which freed themselves they oh like they were said you could, this fleet can come through their their thing but they have to give this new technology that they have it's a price that they have to pay the fleet didn't want to pay the price they got in they got in in mm. touch with the the quantum magician and said get our fleet from one side of here to the other side without going through yeah mm. well we need to get across this thing like the okay. only way is across and the puppets want 50% of our sh the spaceships that we've invented and 50% of all the new technology that we found when we were doing this 40 year expedition out into the stars and back okay and so he gets them through there and also then steals a time travel gate from them <laughs> and so the people who he steals the sub-saharan uh, union are really pissed off at him mm. for stealing their time travel gate that well, they had also sure, of course they are. also the um the uh, the puppet uh, free city the puppets are really pissed off because they man he managed to sneak them through and then you've got the congregate which is really pissed off and now the 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 quantum humans because the quantum humans are start showing their hands that they're actually really really powerful mm. and so what happens at the start of the second book is that the uh, the quantum humanity the quantum humans their planet or their space station that they all live on is blown up mm. and so they all die oh no all but, of them? But do they? No, because <laughs> what happens is our quantum magician says, hey, it's the second book. What's the mission here? We're going to send, our, send ourselves back two weeks in time. We're not going to know if anything happened. We're not going to know anything about this. We're going to go back two weeks in time, and then we're going to go to our home world, convince everyone on our home world or our home station to get off it, and we're going to fly out with them. And so we have this time travel, fun time travel adventure mm. where they have to go back in time, but no, nobody can know that they traveled back in time and also the people who do know that they traveled back in time knew that they went back in time two weeks ago 
And oh. all that time, one of the oh. AIs has known that they've been in a dis, but because it's this quantum uncertainty, they themselves can't observe the outcome of their actions. It's it's mind blowing stuff. It's really Sounds really very it, complex. It's really really complex. It's really fun stuff, and we do this really good time travel thing. Okay. So this is that's the setup for this book. So in the first book, a really fun heist con man uh we're gonna do you know it's a heist but it's also like a cape you know like a, a second world war thing where we've got to get this supply over there and we've got to get the bomb and move it here and then we've got to yeah. get these meet these local people yeah. and do all of the thing, fun things that you want from there with the explosives expert the logistics person the brains behind it the heavy person who's got the muscle mm. the getaway driver the yeah. pilot you know yeah all of that together that was the first book the second book really fun time travel adventure and then i was like right so what's so so what's in this book what what's left for the third nothing and that's the issue nothing that's the issue nothing yeah. no no theme it's just there's a war going on okay they the, the um the quantum humans are very powerful now because they've they've actually started thinking about interacting with they were always a separate over there you mm. go over there and think about science or whatever <laughs> um they were owned by the banks you know the banks were investing in a new kind of uh, humans humans who ah, had like quantum right. computers in their brains yeah. but you can't you can't know the results of the quantum computer in your brain because if you observe it it collapses the wave function so mm. you have to keep the different parts of your brain separate so they will go into these fugue states where you're either a quantum person or or human and so you kind of shut down your humanity part and then your quantum brain runs and runs and runs and then you can switch back over and get the results out of it it's very okay. very impressive like that so uh, interesting yeah so in the first book in the first review which i gave the first book i gave 4.5 stars yeah. i said at the end of it i said give me more in this world because the world building is fantastic all these different branches of humanity you've got the quantum people you've got mm. the puppets you've got the um the the people who live in this crushing pressure of like you know uh, jupiter like crushing pressure they can live in these oceans with you know 50 you know 50,000 tons of pressure coming from everything like whale type oh, people wow. they're like manatee whale oh, kind okay. of humans they've they it took them a few generations but they managed to advance themselves so they can just swim around yeah and they become the the pilots because in high accelerations they can take 50g um, accelerations in different directions mm. in a tank mm -hmm. and it's fine Oh, yeah, you know, I, th I remember those. Yeah, I think I've, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, did, I definitely we, mentioned we did, this because I remember. I literally listened to the podcast that we <laughs> yeah. did previously yeah. about this. Yeah. I said, let's let's have more going on in this world because the world building is really interesting with these gates, different strands of humanity, the congregate, the unity, the union, the plutocracy, the kingdom, the humor. Um, and that's what we got in the second book. Yeah. The first book, Heist, Caper, Fun Stuff. Had mentioned some time travelly stuff, but it didn't really come into it, except at the very end. He's like, and now I steal the time gates. Second book, Time Gates. Let's do time travel stuff. Back to the future, go back. Yeah. Don't we're not allowed to cause a paradox, you know? Yeah. Um, and the third book we get, a war is happening, and they go on a mission to save some people. Wait, wait, that's it. That's it. A war is happening. They go on a mission to save some people. Is a time travel? No. Quantum humans. No. Puppets? I mean the quantum humans do stuff, but they're not they're not achieving anything. They're like are in we... the previous books we discovered how to do this and now we're doing it now. Are we following uh, a fraction of them? No, just some of some they get some of the crew back together. You know, like I say, there's these different people. Mm. They get back together the 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 geneticist and they get back together this person, that you know, and yeah. And they go and try and save some people. And it's not a very good 
caper. It's not a very good heist. It's not a very good con. Hmm. You know, I, in the first podcast, I was talking about like, you need to either set everything, tell mm. us what's going to happen. And we see all the training and the preparation. And then when it happens, something goes wrong. And then we're like, oh, but we know that person's got that skills. That person's mm-hmm. got that skills. Mm-hmm. And they can get themselves out of the situation. Yeah. Or you can do it where you don't show all the preparation or you yeah. maybe show a little bit, but you're like, why are they doing that and that? And you don't know. Yeah. And then the pleasure of the con is to see it all play out until the last thing when one tiny little thing goes wrong but there's not chaos but they get out of it smartly or there's one final twist Mm. where you do it and but they get through it because we know they're a good team and they're really good at what they do yes and there's two different ways to play out a good heist con slash caper kind of thing you you show everything that's going to happen and then everything goes wrong and it's chaos and they've got to get out and people die along the way or you don't show everything that's going to happen and then we as the reader or viewer of a movie we see we have the pleasure of seeing all that play out yeah and in this one they're like and then belisarius told them the plan and again it cuts off and i was like great this is going to be a really great plan i'm really looking forward to seeing how this plan goes off yeah and it's not, it's just, it's just one of those boring ones where like, oh, he was caught, but he was meant to be caught, <laughs> you know, that. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't like he was caught, but he was meant to be caught because mm. he was caught and he was meant to be caught. But it's not, that's not satisfying. You and know? you don't want to read it. You want to experience it. Yeah. And you don't want it to be obvious. Like, yeah. no, this person, of course, he's meant to be caught because he was clever. That, that's too his clever. plan. Yeah. He was, his plan was mm. to get to the thing. Mm. And if it's so obvious, I'm always like, well, why do the people who do the catching don't go, oh, you were probably meant to be caught. Like Mm. you thought you were slipping us by it, but we were actually on your side. So immediately don't put him in jail next to the really important thing that he's wanting to steal. Like if you catch someone who you think might want to be caught immediately, fly them to the other side of the world and lock them in a prison really, really far away. Mix up their plan. Yeah. Mm. So if they're like, hey, hone in on my beacon, you hone into somewhere there's nothing else valuable. Yeah. No, yeah, and and it was it was disappointing. So um, in the in the in so I wanted more from these different humanity variations. This is what I said in the first book. Give me more variations of humanity. Mm. We've got the puppets. We've got the um, Iridani people, the, the whale-like people. Mm-hmm. We've got the uh, quantum, quantum people, people. And we've got the baseline humans. Mm-hmm. And then in the next books, tell me who else is out there. Guess what? Nobody. Nobody else is out there. In the really? second book, we got like an alien race, like this plant-based alien stuff, which was interesting. We're like, oh, a new factor that comes mm. in this book. Nothing new. It, nothing on Venus. Nothing on Venus. Hmm. Um. So, book two. So yeah, what I was wanting is like a new form of storytelling. Caper, heist thing, great. Mm-hmm. Timey wimey time travel paradoxes, wanting to avoid paradoxes, great. And this book, a war, some battle, space battles. Okay. I don't want it. I want it. I want more than that. Like the if the backdrop is space opera, space battles, and a threat of war, the 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 story that goes on top of that can't be war mm. stuff. It I has mean, to be caper. Like the second, the great Second World War movies, like the Dirty Dozen. I say the great. I've not watched any of these since I was like fourteen years old. <laughs> but the movies that you want to see, it, there has to be a mission which isn't just do war. Mm. You know. Yeah. Uh, which is real, which is a real pity. In the second book, I complained again for the second time about the narrator speeding up. The narrator is a guy called T. Ryder Smith. Okay. And uh, in both previous episodes, uh, both previous reviews of these books for the Quantum Magician and the Quantum Garden, 
I uh, complained that when he was, when it gets to an exciting point of the story, his voice goes up and he starts speaking quickly and he himself puts in the extra energy of when there's a fight and there's a hit, this person punched that person and that person did this something and then he comes down again at the end of the action scene and it is a little bit annoying. However, in this book, there's this really great pas- uh, passage with one of the main characters, this Iridani human who is, you know, he's the pilot mm-hmm. and all of these, these whale-like people, or he is at least very foul-mouthed and he talks in a very kind of robotic voice because his voice comes through. No, it's more like it's more sad. It's like, yes, I think I will go and do the mission. Yes, okay, I will. And it's talk that he's got a very flat computer voice because it's yeah. a computer reading out right. what he's saying. But then when you get a whole really exciting um, like space battle slash chase through wormholes from his point of view yeah. with all of his swearing and him talk, you know, <laughs> using his Iridani language, it's very, very good. But again, it didn't really, it doesn't add much to the book. Like right. the words in themselves are enough. I don't always need a uh, 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 the T-Rider Smith's and now we get to the exciting point of the book where there's action happening and everything is really exciting. So I talk quicker with a higher voice. He's a very good narrator, though. Otherwise, for that. Apart from that. So uh, yeah, in the I complained about that in in both reviews. Just do it in the third book here as well. Not really complain complaining. It's just noticing out. Yeah. So in the second book, like I say, there's this timey wimey paradoxy stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's a it's a direct result of his previous previous action. It, the book starts off with Belisarius going, "Hey, I did this great cape, but wasn't it great?" And I double crossed everyone, and they're like. Pfft destroy your entire home space station and thousand people have died and he's like no 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 and so the rest of the book is set in the terms of someone having to put right a bad thing that they do Mm. and also can't destroy the galaxy while you do that because if there's a paradox everything goes wrong it's bad like they say um, the the world will keep flipping between the two different paradoxical outcomes and all the energy of the universe will will be used up by like switching between timelines as it propagates throughout or whatever oh, on the borderline yeah, between yeah, it. we've seen this before actually in the um in the peter f hamilton book the uh the uh the void series that he did yeah it, all the way through the first book you're like yeah there's this thing that they're going to well what's the big deal i don't understand it and then you're like mm. oh there's a void at the center of the universe where mm. people inside uh keep updating what the timeline is and each time that they change something in their timeline the void expands to mm. to take more of the galaxy and consume it they're consuming stars yeah. to power the time travel stuff that they're doing in this fantasy world inside the void and it's like oh yeah time travel has consequences so they want to make it so they everything is put right with nobody knowing two possible outcomes there okay. has to be only one observed outcome and that's right. the big that's the big stakes yeah, you know it's, galaxy it's... fucking energy wave if they fuck up the paradox big stakes to start off with big stakes continuing through yeah and do they manage to save the people as they come out the other end and how will they do it Mm. also it sets up the scarecrow and they're like oh the scarecrow is really big the scarecrow is like this big bad thing it's like this artificial intelligence robot thing which is like at the same level as the quantum humans like something really big um I also made a note that the second book made me cry with the emotional character stuff and also had me punching the air when the plans come together. You know, when you're like, yeah, oh, no. it's all been revealed in this mind-bending, yes. as in mind-blowing evolutionary process where plants, this is the quantum garden, they're sending their spores and their genetic material forward and backward through time. It's it's this crazy thing. If you have a time gate that things can go 11 years in, in the past and 11 years in the future, it means if there's an extinction event, the, the plants in the past will just go like, oh, we'll just, there's a 
there's some fresh land over there. Yeah. This, the flare of the sun has gone off. We'll just re repopulate the ground. It, you can skip over really bad extinction level events yeah. if the spores can just go over it. Yeah. And then they can also send stuff back in time, <laughs> yeah. 11 years, and it yeah. blows around and around in circles. So, <laughs> it's yeah, the quantum guy is mind-blowing stuff. This book had none of that. The scarecrow? Went down like a chump. It's always Aww. annoying when you set up a big bad. And I even said in the previous review, the third book, oh, they're setting up the scarecrow. The scarecrow is going to be good. We spend more time with the scarecrow going to a science conference in the in the uh, um, conglomerates, no, not con the congregates, like Secret Service has like this science conference where they're talking about, oh, all this other stuff's happening out there with evolution, human human evolution, or we're being left behind. What can we do? The scarecrows have a lot of, they send a lot of memos to each other about how the, the, the congregate is falling behind the evolutionary. Not actually that bad. They were really setting up the scarecrow to be like the big bad. Like the, this is gonna be, it's gonna be terrible. The scarecrow are gonna take them down. They can chase you through. Doing like that. And in the end, I can't even remember how it died. I was like, I guess someone shot it. Was that it? Someone just like shot, like had a gun and just shot towards the scarecrow and killed it. Okay. It's really disappointing. Okay. Because that was the one thing that felt like they were really setting up in the second book. And it's like, oh, you thought you won, but the scarecrow is still out there. And I'm like, oh, scarecrow coming for you in the second, mm. in the third book. Yeah. How yeah. can there be conferences? <laughs> Weirdly enough, that was some of the more interesting stuff. Because in were the there? first book, they were doing a lot of talking about faith. Like if you, with the, with the puppets, they're yeah. setting up like the religion. Yeah. And if you have like a, a genetically created religion where people will pray to and praise and get like in rapturous, you know, whatever you need to do to, for, for you to be able to control an entire population of puppets. Like, mm. I am your God, puppets. You know, follow my orders. I'm going to tell you something and you're going to be duty bound to do it because the pheromones are like, uh, you know, withdrawal from my pheromones. Mm. All you want to do is come back to me and please me, mm. which is great until they enslave you and just use you as a pheromone farm uh, <laughs> thing. It's really, it's really good stuff in that first book. In the second book, there's all this great stuff about time travel and paradox and all that. And the third book, this book is about very much about evolution. They're talking about how, you know, the evolution of man. They're talking about how now the quantum humans and the Iridanis and stuff, they're like this next level, which are going to outcompete us like we did with the Neanderthals. Mm. There's actually some really fun musings by Derek Nunskun about those things. But... It's mainly presented as literally a presentation. <laughs> like, and now let me present my thoughts on this. And I'm like, great, but you were kind of just interrupting the story. It has nothing to do with the story. It might have something to do with the next book in the story. So, yeah. Oh, would there be a next book? Yeah, because this ends as a cliffhanger. You're oh. like, well, what happened to that guy over there? They're like, oh, I'm not going to tell you. And what happened to these people over here? Yeah, oh, no. What are the banks doing? Oh, is oh, there, there's, like, there, it turns out there's more than one scarecrow. Yeah, there is. What are they doing? Oh no, Just that's the, kind book. of the worst kind Turns of book. Turns out was another book though, oh. which I didn't realize until I looked up uh, looked up uh, Derek Kunskin. Kunskin. Uh, Kunskin. Yeah, Kunskin. Uh, and there's another book. Oh, actually, I have it over here. The The House of Sticks, Venus Ascendant, book one. The first in a groundbreaking, action-packed and exciting new science fiction series from the bestseller of The Quantum Magician. Life can exist anywhere and life and anywhere there is life, there is home. Oh, in anywhere there is life, there is home, whatever. In the swirling clouds of Venus, the families of La Colonie, this is the French people on Venus, mm -hmm. live on floating plant-like trawlers, salvaging what they can in the fierce acid rains and cracking storms outside the dangerous but humankind's 
Outside it is dangerous, but humankind's hold on the planet is fragile and they spend most of their days simply surviving. But Venus carries its own secrets too. In the depths, there is a wind that shouldn't exist. And the House of Sticks wants to harness it. Okay. Guess what's in the guess what's in the depths? The crows? The crows? The scarecrows? No. The gate. This is a prequel. That he wrote a prequel oh. to all of this. Oh. Oh, oh, so this is when I asked about um, Venus. Yeah. Oh, there, there is a story about yeah, how story they... About Venus. There's a whole other novel, which I didn't realise, because it's not in this. It's Venus Ascendant. It's the story of how Venus became... You know how at the start, I was talking about the, the, the main wormhole of mm. the planet, of the solar system is on Venus. Yeah. He didn't tell us that in the first book. He didn't tell us that in the second book. And now it's assumed knowledge in the third book. And I hadn't read this other book. And When did that come out then? Last year. So oh. these, these are all come out like one year at a time. Right. So 2018 was, you know, the first book. 2019, the next book. 2020 was The House of Sticks, which I didn't read. That came out in August. And then this October, like last month, this next book in this series comes out, in the mm. first series comes out. But I hadn't read this book in the middle. Mm. And there's a lot of groundwork. for the, A lot of the action takes place on Venus. A lot of the action... Oh assumes I know who the House of Sticks are. They're like, oh yeah, the House of Sticks, and then there's a House of Crows, and there's the House of, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it and it assumes, and it felt like it was assuming that I was like, oh, maybe this was covered in the first two books. I just didn't remember how much was covered in, in Venus. This is like a follow-up to Venus Ascendant book number one, I guess. Because okay. a lot of the world building was kind of unsatisfying in this, and I didn't realize why it was unsatisfying. It's because, yeah, there's another novel's worth of world building and the history of this place mm. and the history of this, like, galaxy and the civilization and how it sprung up, which is from this, from should, a book I hadn't read Shouldn't that be yet. mentioned somewhere? I wish it had been mentioned, but I listened to the audiobook and they don't have, maybe they don't have all the forewords or the things, you right. know, on the cover of the book, you read reading, yeah, you should check out this other book from Derek Kunskan, I'm yeah. not sure. So, okay. Uh, But now that okay, so this is the prequel that comes before the quantum. It's set like four hundred years before the the quantum okay. magician. And also, there will be another book after this quantum war book coming. I guess so in a year's time, but that's probably going to be. But it's not on on Goodreads. Like some sometimes oh, yeah, you actually, have sometimes. like. Let me let me scroll down. Let me click on Quantum Evolution. The series yeah, Quantum Evolution. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it doesn't say anything. Is there's a there's a, a pollen from a future harvest? Oh no, we mentioned that before. That was a I think that's a short story. Uh, let me have a quick quick look at pollen from a future harvest. 160 pages. So yeah, it's like a novella. Okay. Obviously set in the same world. Right. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So. So what do we take out? What what is that book then? This book is a nothing of a book. Mm. And that's so annoying because all I love the world building in the first two books. Yeah. But all of the world building is a backdrop to the emotional journey of the main characters. Yeah. And the personal interactions between the main characters and the fun adventures that they go on. Fun caper heist type thing. Thumbs up. Time travel paradoxy avoiding kind of thing. Thumbs up. Here, a mission to rescue some people in when a war is going on. It's an. It's literally. It isn't a story that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. And there's people that they're going to rescue are people that they could have rescued before, but they didn't come along. And then you think they died, but maybe they didn't die, and now they're not dead. So oh, let's go and rescue them. You're like, why is it? Why is our main characters from these first two books putting their life on the line to save these people? Hmm. You know, uh -uh. they're like, important. Where? Yeah, but you, the, our main characters are worth more to the galaxy <laughs> not trying to rescue a few hundred people. <laughs> Meh. 
and there's actually two different motivations because they're actually having to work with the puppets again um, because Ooh. the puppets want some but the puppets they're running short on their um, their god beings their you know their pheromone <laughs> beings that they want the humans yeah the humans that they're keeping they're farming for the pheromones yeah. and they're like we need some more of these and the one person who knows how to do the genetic manipulation to get some more of those he's one of the people that needs rescuing so they're like get us get us that get guy us, oh yeah. okay I see I see so okay. uh, yeah but it didn't even feel like it it didn't feel like that the sacrifices our main characters were willing to take or the risks that they were willing to take it didn't feel worth it to get mm. back what they wanted considering how powerful they were in other ways yes because it turns out the banks have got their own militaries because the most expensive thing that you can have is antimatter in the in this universe yeah so antimatter is like the most deadly weapon But also, it's like a form of currency. Mm. It's a bit like um, they say, oh, yeah, we've got to put up these massive solar arrays to catch energy to then turn the hydrogen and flip it into antimatter or however it works. It feels a bit like cryptocurrency. It's like a one-to-one relation by the energy that was needed to make it is the value that it is. Okay. Which is actually not like cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, but it's one of those things that like it just took a lot of energy to make this one thing. Right. Turns out the quantum the quantum humans, our main characters, just come up with like a free way to do that. You're like, well, you've got now hmm. like you just randomly have like one of the biggest arsenals of antimatter in the world so you just um endlessly rich endlessly rich endlessly powerful the banks are coming to them to be like hey hey guys yeah. <laughs> you know, hello what do you hey, remember us well, what's going on <laughs> you know and so the power that they seem to and of course that's why the war is going on because they're like these quantum people they are out competing us they're going to out evolution us mm. like we need to they're the most dangerous people now, mm. you know so all of that there's a backdrop of interesting world building there's a backdrop of interesting things going on but there wasn't any more quantum gardening there wasn't any more interesting alien stuff coming in there wasn't an expansion of the world in fact I felt like there was a contraction of the world because we come back to our human homeland yeah. and stuff is happening on Venus with a backdrop of world building that I didn't even I don't even know because that was in a different book right so this book was not unenjoyable Okay. Because I'm spending more time with characters who I know yeah. and a squad that I like. Yeah. And there's interest, there is an interesting mission going on and the world building was fantastic and it's continuing on. But what I want, what I really liked about the first books is all of that's happening plus a really cool plot heist um, a story thing, a story going on yeah. in the second book all of that's going on plus good time travel stuff. In this book is all of that's going on and that's it. It, feel, it feels like filler. Yeah. Like, what is the next, like, genre, interesting genre-defining thing which is then going to kick off in the next book? Yeah. Like, it would be really great if they're like, oh, genetic stuff's gone wrong, zombie invasion. And we're like, <laughs> oh, right, we're doing, like... Although that sounds now a bit like The Expanse when, you know, yeah. you're, they're stuck on one station and they're like, yeah, oh, and then it spreads the around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just do a zombie story in this world or maybe... A love story, although that has happened, you know there is mm. there is more romance in the in the books previously. But then the people who are romantically involved, which is actually really interesting to see how their personal relationships developed in the first two books. In this book, they do the worst thing, which is they split apart the characters, yeah. and you're like, no, no, I'm here for the interaction between the characters. No, you split them apart. No. Mm. Yeah, no, I I do I do know that. So in the end, I'm going to give this book two and a half stars because it's got all the ingredients of the previous books, but without the good story. Yeah. Like the 
the world building, great. The science, great. The characters, great. The action, really good. It's well-written action, but without any purpose. Mm. It's like a video game where you're like, watch the mission. And they're like, oh, no, no, just run around for a bit. There's going to be battles over there. You know, it's like these big battlefield games. Yeah. Which, you know, there's yeah. a new battlefield coming out. I read yeah. a review of it and they're saying, yeah, there's battles going on, but you're just like random people randomly fighting. It's proxy wars, if you know what yeah. I mean. Like, why are we fighting in Vietnam again? Uh, uh, America's fighting Russian, but here? And you're uh. like, really? But these are like why are we but you know what do i have to do what, here, I, what do i have war, against this person in yeah the me? war is the war is is uh happening yeah. for good reasons there's political reasons for the war to happen but what the mission is that we're on we're following the characters along with doesn't feel hefty doesn't feel mm. important mm. in the first book it didn't need to because it's like a con it's a it's a you know that a is the thing it's itself like, yay yay let's do this and there's consequences the second book is like oh shit consequences this is the consequences book and i'm like ah Although it's actually started a war. And the third book is like, yeah, the war's happening. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but what about our main character? Did he survive at the end or not? And you're like, hmm, because you'll find out in the next book. No. I'm like, no, this is still the same story. Yeah. The first two books wrapped up their stories. Of course, there was more coming in the future because you know, there's places for this to go. Yes. But now I read this and I'm like, do, do I care where it goes? I'd love to care where it goes because mm. the first book, 4.5 stars. Second book, 4.5 stars. This book, 2.5 stars. That, that's still a dramatic on average. drop. It's a big drop, but still on average, I'm enjoying this world. I'm yeah. enjoying this series. Yeah. How are the other people thinking about this? All right, let's look it up. Uh, let's go back to the Quantum War. Go down friend reviews. Um, Ryan rated it four stars. I love this union. Oh, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Love this universe. Like this book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some good said. It needed a few more pages to fulfill its potential. Some conversations ended prematurely and not enough time is spent in other scenes for them to make the climax emotionally impactful. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. You know, it's difficult for me to really care about this when I don't know what's on the line except... Let's try and save these people over there. Mm. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of the bank reasons. representatives who are really simple caricatures, as well as the animosity that our protagonists feel for them. And uh, yeah, I often feel this. I'm like, who's meant to be the bad guy? Like, you're the one who actually double-crossed these people. Mm. I understand why they're pissed off at you. Yes, they destroyed your home world, and that was really bad. But you saved those people in the second book. Like, <laughs> what? What are we all annoyed about now? Yes. You've got all the money in the world. You've got all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He says three point five stars. Rounded up. Uh, Ziven rated it four stars. Starting a bit slow. The Quantum War takes this series to another level when the shit hits the fan there's not much new here but the stakes are higher and desperate times require desperate measures yeah i guess the stakes are higher kind of and so there are desperate war, times in a war the yeah, stakes are it, higher when there's a war going you're like well anyone could there's mm -hmm. going to be space battles yeah and that's it and and uh, uh, mikey leong chadwick rated it five stars so you know four stars and five star ratings there for people but it's got a really high rating i don't know where this 4.33 star overall rating comes from i think this is the big step down from the previous well, not in the quality of the writing it, not in the quality of the characters or the world building it's just a step down in like what i expect from this author yeah now, well it's probably it's the third book in the series the people who already have read the other two books have probably quite liked them like as we know and now they come to this book yeah. and it's like they are enjoying themselves yeah. and for for a lot of people that is yeah. uh, that's enough like i said i didn't not enjoy yeah. this book yeah, like yeah. i enjoyed listening to this book yeah it's good yeah mostly but it's missing but the, the thing the work the work was put in in the previous two books yeah 
This Andy rated it three stars. Not great, not terrible entry into the Quantum Evolution series. It's hard to meet the bar set by an incredible first book, but this felt almost phoned in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heist we get isn't particularly fun or clever. Just get in, blow things up, get out with no hidden twists or sleight of hand. I'd love to see this con- series conclude well, but it's hard to say with the way it's been going. Hmm. That is like, Andy, well done. You pretty much wrapped up what my view is. The heist we get isn't particularly particularly clever or fun because it's not a heist. It's just a rescue mission. Yeah. It's like, Which can be a heist. But if it's sort of like, send in the troops. Yeah, we had this before, wasn't it? When when we talked about James Bond just going in with the weapon and like, yeah. what's your plan? I just go in. Yeah, I've got this small <laughs> got this gun, gun and I'm going to go in and I, randomly the first thing I shoot. Yeah, what was the what was the movie we saw recently? Oh, it was the Black Widow movie. I was really enjoying it up until the point where like, and now a flying fortress in the sky is a bit like this as well because they're on Venus and everything. Yeah. Every time that you go to Venus, it's all about airships and yes. floating things. Yeah, Because it turns out if you just have a big balloon mm. full of human breathable air mm. in on on venus it can like be a rigid structure mm. and then the 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 human breathable air inside is actually then buoyant enough to float in the right. in the venus atmosphere yeah yeah, yeah. That, I mean, fun concept. It's a fun concept, but also it doesn't really bring that much to it. But it's the same thing as like the Black Widow. You're like, and then what happens? Well, if I just shoot this thing, if, if I just have this gun and shoot that thing, the entire place stops working. You're like, <laughs> ah. Mm-hmm. Like, if this is like a major security <laughs> installation, you can't just have one person firing a gun into the air, shooting something crucial, and then the whole thing falls out the sky yeah. in a ball of flames. Yeah. That isn't what happens in the book. But it's that same kind of disappointing thing. You're like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. I wish it would be more satisfying than this person goes in and blows some shit up mm-hmm. you know yeah and that generally out, is not that satisfying it can be satisfying okay it can be satisfying in a in one of these things there is there's actually a moment in this book where someone you're like oh is this person gonna die and then i'm like oh they're doing the thing that they did you know in rogue one where mm. it's that same kind of mission mm. go in do the thing and when one character dies and you're like oh we've still got half an hour and you're like oh it the ca- all our main characters, the crew that we put together, yeah. the pilot, the explosives expert, the heavy, the the clever person, all of them are going to take turns dying one by one. And then at the end of Rogue One, spoilers, they all die in the end, which you kind of know is going to happen because it's that scene in, in Star Wars where like, oh yeah, many Bothans gave their life yeah. to, to bring you this information. You're like, oh, these are that the people. Actually, <laughs> actually people these did. Are, oh yeah. no, I think that's actually the third, I think that's the um, Empire, uh, Return of the Jedi. Mm. But it's the same kind of thing. Like, who are the people who got the data to... You need to make the, the little MacGuffin so yeah. important. Well, it's not even a like, MacGuffin because yeah, it's, but, it's actually yes, the thing... It's the important yeah, thing. It's actually but, the reason why at the start of A New Hope, like, what's that data chip yes. that Princess Leia puts that into That makes RTD2. it even more valuable because yeah. all these people have sacrificed. Yeah. We know only one person is coming out of that alive and that's Princess Leia. Everybody yeah. else on the spaceship, we know they're going to die. Nobody yeah. on the mission. Everyone's going <laughs> to... Yeah. yeah. So it's... And I thought that was going to happen in this book because one of the main characters doesn't doesn't make it. And you're like, oh, oh, maybe everyone's going to not make... And this is going to raise the stakes. And even that doesn't happen. I was like, oh, I don't even get the get the bridge... Like, what is it? Bridge over the river cry kind of thing mm-hmm. where the person in their dying thing falls on the thing and blows up the thing. Okay. Don't I, don't spo- I don't need to spoil every every movie every where everyone movie dies now. at the end. You you're now spoiling every war movie. Every war movie. But that's what made Rogue One an interesting movie because you're like, oh, it's a war movie set mm. in in Star Wars. It's yeah. like we haven't really. I mean, there's always battles going on, but it never feels like the stakes are high because you know that one person might die, but all our heroes are going to get a medal yeah. at the end yeah. or get a glowing orb at the end. So maybe this is the war 
war book in in the quantum but the war Rogue One has the backdrop of Star Wars and the Star yes. Wars characters yes. and the Star Wars technology that we know. And then they went, now on top of that, we do a war movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Solo, the other standalone movie that they did was like all of the backdrop of Star Wars that we know, plus like a, a dumb comedy on top as well. Yeah. Plus some of the heisty kind of like, let's go in and steal the things. You yeah. Know? This has got a backdrop of war and then does war on the top of it. Uh Or the backdrop is the world building from the previous two books, but it doesn't expand on that enough. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like, I want whatever the layer of space opera, cool world building, future history, sci-fi stuff, then you've got to do something on top of that, which isn't just send in the troops and blow something up and get the people and go away with them. Mm. Like, if there was a science fiction-y way of doing that, I would be happy with it. But there isn't. In the first book, the heist only works because there's science fiction quantum stuff going on. The second book, it only works because we've got time travel going on. It's intrinsically a science fiction story. This is set in a science fiction world, and then there's just a rescue mission where they go in and shoot some things and get people out. Okay. Is this one of those things where the the war happens to happen on spaceships? No, because there's other stuff going on, but it doesn't impact the main action. And that's the unfortunate thing. There's this stuff going on with human evolution Mm. and the the reasons for the war, which is very science fictional. And the whole setup is very science fictional. And the motivations are very science fictional. Is world building science fictional. But then the, the... the the actual war bit is like yeah shoot we have guns we're shooting at you you have guns and you shoot them at us hmm. and I was like we don't even have laser swords like everyone has laser swords <laughs> or quantum something something yeah quantum something something, something. give me a quantum sword quantum, give me... gu- quantum gun there's this interesting thing at the start where they're like oh and I've been able to use the powers of my mind of my quantum stuff to to influence the outcome of quantum events Mm. Uh, talking about like the half-life of um plutonium or whatever Mm. it is we know or uranium i think it's uranium we know that every 255,000 years half of the uranium that's there is going to disappear is going to uh break down Mm. and release that and then from in the next 275,000 years the next half, half yeah. and then the next 275,000 yeah. is the half, half-life half. and he speeds up the half-life of uranium just mm. by thinking about it by quantumly mm. improving his odds and it's all mentioned at the start I'm like mm, how is this going to work out and maybe I just wasn't paying attention it didn't feel like he was doing any of that mm. by the end of the book that's probably how he maybe survives in the next book we, do, we don't know if he survives in the next book I'm assuming oh. I'm assuming he's he's influenced the probability because that's the whole point it's like oh I can influence probability yeah. and then at the end of the book I was like where's all this and like that's what happened in the first book they mentioned oh there might be some time travel here right at the start of the first book and then they don't mention it again all the way through to the end I'm like wait what about the time travel stuff? And then the big twist at the end is like, and then he steals the time travel machine. I'm like, oh, great. There it is. There it yeah, is. And yeah. here they're like, influencing probability and the breakdown of stuff. And I was like, yes, yes, all the way through. And I was waiting for it to come back at the end. It never it never came back. Not even at the end. I don't, maybe it did and I missed it. You know, I yeah, listened to some of it when be... I was falling asleep last night. But oh. I, the thing, I thought I wound back and didn't miss anything. Yeah, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to go back in a book to not miss the one thing it felt like Derek Kunskin had just missed missed what the twist or missed what the interesting thing was going to be in this book hmm. where was the mind blowing thing in this book there wasn't a mind blowing thing hmm. interesting action nothing mind blowing interesting action nothing that made me cry when two characters met or said something to each other hmm. the first two books had that kind of stuff yeah are you going to continue well the next book's not out yet when it comes out are you going to get it maybe I will have to look at some other people's reviews 
Like okay. if I if I see a review which says a not great, not terrible entry, the heist isn't particularly fun or clever, just get in, blow things up and get out. Like if I read a review like that to it, probably probably not. I mean, there's lots of other books that I want to get to. Do you want to read the f- first one? What the, do you mean the first the, one? The, the House the, of Sticks. Yeah. 3.91, which is probably okay. Mm, not bad. Uh, Ryan says, working through my feelings on this one, will hopefully return to write a mildly entertaining review at some point in the future. Ryan, you wrote that in October last year, 2020. <laughs> where is it? Uh, yeah, where, where is, is it? Where is the more Hank replied, review. not as good as Quantum Magician then. Ryan, yeah, that's a no. This isn't a fun story. I'll write a more insightful and enlightening review soon, but it won't be the mildly entertaining one that I hope to write. <laughs> okay, now we're not waiting for the mildly entertaining yeah, one. Yeah, well, I just want the insight. I guess I could read some other reviews of it. But, like, again, these other books, these mm. other books in by Derek Kunskan are like, you know, four, 4.25... Um, Quantum War 4.33 this is even quite highly rated so maybe I can't go off the ratings I think people are just enjoying some spending some time here yeah like I did that ha- that is totally uh, good enough reasons but all the way through I was waiting for the yeah, thing that was going to pay it off and it never came mm, that's a pity alright that's it that's all I have to say about this book okay 43 minutes in yeah. and out it's good what no, that's it. I've, yeah, I, I've uh, do you not said do the outro bit? Yeah, we can do the outro. Thanks for being my friends on Goodreads. People like Ryan and Zivan and Mikey. Uh, it means I can see what your reviews are, your ratings are, and helps me. it helps guide my reading. Yes. Um, and also go over to the SFBRP listener group on Goodreads. Um, and you can uh, recommend books to me. Some people do that quite a bit in episode feedbacks. Oh, talking about episode feedback, I listened to those two previous episodes. One was uh, a few years ago. Mm. Wow, that room was echoey. I know it was difficult. We couldn't do anything about it because we just lived in an echoey house. Yep. Um, the sound quality now is so much better. Good. The last episode on this, or the previous book, the second book, it was the last ever podcast we recorded before we moved to this house. Oh, and was since it? then, every ah. episode we've done has been recorded in this room and yeah. with increasingly better microphones as well. Yes. Um, Do you think this yeah. is now the peak? Well, I mean, it's much better quality than it was two years ago, three years ago when I reviewed the first book. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, yeah, it was actually, yeah, because it was the last re- review that we did in the old apartment. And I was like, and now I'm going to read Emma Newman. There's a book, Emma, you know, and I, oh, we, did, we read like yes. four Emma Newman books in a row. Yeah, it's no, true. The next book I'm going to read, um, let me go over here to Audible because I just downloaded it this morning because I'm going on a small trip, a family trip to the UK. A Desolation Called Peace. Okay. Uh, which is the Tixkalan book number two by Akadi Martin, a follow-up to, let me click on it, A Memory Called Empire, uh-huh. which I read a few years ago and quite enjoyed. And this is the follow-up book. Yes. So hopefully we um, spend some more time with, uh, what was it called? 15 seagrass. <laughs> you know, there's all there's the characters with a, n- a number and a name. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And like some... very dark memories. What do you mean very dark memories? Of, of me reading... Uh, really? That was like a fun bubblegum book for me. Uh, maybe maybe it's just my brain currently. I can't remember anything really. Yeah, she... Ambassador Mahit Dismeri goes over and does some stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'll remember. You'll remember yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed that first book. Okay. Well, what? I'm currently uh, reading uh, the... The, the next Steerswoman book, which is called The Lost Steersman. Ah, Yes. That's what I'm currently reading. That's good. Uh, that's a, a science fiction slash fantasy book from the 1980s. Yeah, it's become it's slowly becoming more science fiction. Yeah. 
but it's still I'm currently reading as an ebook someone recommended fantasy. a book another science fiction fantasy book from the 1980s mm. called Hellspark mm. or Hell's Park but either Hellspark or Hell's Park okay um in the book, they say there's two different ways to pronounce it. So I'm reading that. I can't remember who wrote it, but somebody mentioned it on the uh, on the uh, Science Fiction Book Review Podcast listener group, books I would like to see reviewed. And it was on um, on Kindle and it's on the on the Amazon store. And I have like 150 euros in gift card credit that I've got to use up that <laughs> so I can work my way through. Yeah. Hell's Park by Janet Kagan. Okay. Uh, there's no audible version of that. Oh, I also have this book here as well. All yeah, Judgment you got, Fled. Yeah, you got a package yeah. in the post. Yeah, 600, uh, 60 million miles from Earth, first contact has been made. James White, yeah, I actually ordered a paper book. Is that the blanket? What? Is that? The- yeah, it's the one that I kept on saying, <laughs> hey, for like my 15-year journey of like, what's that book that I read sometime in like 1992? <laughs> and the, now here it is. The, the, the blanket alien. Yeah, someone goes off past the, mm. uh, an orbit of Neptune, uh, whatever it is, and or past Jupiter. And they go do a mission between the two spaceships. He's a doctor. He arrives there and there's some blanket aliens. And then just give me that. And so I want did a blanket it. alien. Anyway, I have the book. I have it as a That's paper good. book. There's no ebook version of it. Um, but you're not going to take it on a trip. I'm not going to take I'm leaving it here. Oh, if you want to read it, maybe you want to read it while I'm away. Well, I can give it a go. I mean, you've, you've got another ebook that you're reading. But yes. uh, if you finish that, I'm just saying there's a paper book here if you want to read it. And I'll read it when I get back. Okay. As well, uh, uh, my, my I'm only going to the UK for a few days to visit family. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Yes, uh, that's it for me. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.